I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the What up, what up? You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. I am Isaac, one of your co-hosts, contributor to Mavs.com. You've heard my voice a lot over the past, what, three or four days, I guess, with Nick traveling. I think the next voice you hear will be Nick, and then we'll be back together after that. But off day today for the Mavericks as they came back from Los Angeles on, gosh, what was it, late Sunday night after the game um, off day on Monday, and then they traveled to OKC on, uh, for Tuesday night for New Year's Eve was become a weird kind of tradition for them. I guess this is three years, I think three years in a row now, three years in a row now that, uh, they will be playing on New Year's Eve in Oklahoma city. OKC hop in town on a New Year's Eve. If you could pick any city in the U S to spend New Year's Eve. You know, all those Mavericks players, Thunder players, everybody would pick Oklahoma City. So, um, yeah, today, obviously, I'm, I'm by myself so far. You're going to hear uh, just from me today. I'm going to talk a little bit about standings, where uh, everybody sets right now, where the Mavericks set after uh, losing in L.A. on Sunday. And uh, really, I'm going to focus a little bit on the trade picture Heading into the next, man, January is a fun month of trade rumors. And then obviously the first, what, week or so of February before the trade deadline hits. I'm going to take a different angle that not a lot of people are talking about right now. It's something I've wanted to touch on with Nick. Obviously, he's not here right now, so I'll just talk on it by myself or talk to myself about the topic. And uh, I just haven't heard a lot of people uh, talk about this angle. So I'm going to talk about... uh, a different angle with that uh, as far as in regards to 2020 free agent uh, class not 2021 so I'll talk about that towards the end but first let's talk about this uh, the standings right now in the Western Conference with LA uh, with the Lakers beating the Mavericks they're setting at 26 and 7 first place in the Western Conference kind of surprising for me if you listen to a lot of our pods Heading into the season, one of my biggest predictions was uh, I thought the Lakers would finish outside the top four. I thought LeBron would coast a little bit more. I thought he would rest. I might have been banking on an Anthony Davis injury by now, which, I mean, he hasn't been fully healthy the whole season, but uh, he's playing really well. They're playing really well together. I mean, I never doubted the duo of Anthony Davis and LeBron. They're incredible combination incredible duo but I did have more doubts about the supporting cast but it was more of an injury rest LeBron type thing and so far that's not taking place only have seven losses on the season you know if Anthony Davis LeBron if you know that uh, Christmas Day injury gets any worse for LeBron he and he has to set out a period of time then uh, things could change for them what they've lost what four in a row before you know they they beat Portland and now beat Dallas but Lakers set pretty comfortable at the top with two and a half games out of Denver, who is my pick for the best re- record in the Western Conference. And um, Nuggets won two in a row. 
it's weird the Nuggets kind of like the Bucks too that they're they're really good in the regular season and this is I was listening to uh, gosh who was it the other day I guess it might have been Bill Simmons or no it's Ryan Rosillo maybe Rosillo and you know he was going on this whole whole spill actually I don't know who it was maybe Zach Lowe but it was one of one of those guys in the national podcast were talking about how good the Bucks are in the regular season and will it translate into the playoffs and being a believer in them as a regular season team. But, and you know, some people came back at me and Nick, cause I'm a little bit, when we've talked about this Mavericks team of saying, Hey, you know, there's a difference between regular season and playoffs when a lot of people have thrown out, Hey, look at this Mavericks team right now. This is the best offense in the league and all this stuff. It's still valid to be able to throw out a question mark and say, all right, well, I just want to see what the, you know, what the playoffs look like because it's a different type of ball game. I would say a lot of people, around the league right now and even listen to that national podcast the other day people still have questions about the bucks right now they want to know okay this is cool you're a good regular season team but can you get to the finals this way why the bucks are what second in offense right now and first in defense right now i mean that's insane and what the best record in the league yet still people are still speculating on oh, man do they need to make a move like what is there another piece they need to go out there and get? Can they go far in the playoffs with this team? So I'm curious on, you know, we see the Nuggets, you see the Bucks. I want Giannis, you know, it's kind of the two side thing. As a Mavericks fan, you know, we, we obviously look at the situation, look at 2021 and be like, oh, Giannis. And we get, you know, our hopes up like in the past and all that stuff, which I think is very valid too. Another thing that frustrates me is when people, uh, kind of shoot down the Giannis motion and say, hey, don't even get excited or don't even think about Giannis to Dallas in 2021 because, hey, we, we look at our history. Look at our free agent history. Yeah, but Luca's a different type of uh, part to the equation now in free agency. So I'm all down when, when we discuss trades and when I throw out different stuff or different players you could target and stuff on uh, on this podcast or tweeting or whatever. I'm all down for keeping that 2021 money clean. And unless it's a top-notch player, if you can go out and get Drew Holiday for a fairly cheap price, you you do that for Drew Holiday. Because I think if you add Drew Holiday to Luka and Porzingis and still keep a lot of these pieces around them, I think at that point, you're looking at a deep playoff team. And so obviously it depends on the player of what you would tap into that 2021 cap space for, but I'm all about, Hey, just swing for somebody. If you, I mean, or keep, if you make any type of move, not really swing. If you make any type of move, it's something that's under the books for this year, maybe next year, something like that to where you still, you give your yourself the chance in 2021. Who knows what you'll, you will be coming off of in 2021. That will be this year's playoffs and next year's playoffs. That will be this year's regular season awards and all NBA teams and all stars and next year's all NBA and all stars and all that different stuff. Heck, what will Luca have by then? Will Luca have an MVP that by then? Will the Mavericks have a Western conference finals or a Western, you know, second round playoff series in a Western conference by then, what will Dallas be able to offer in a year and a half from now going into 2021 headlined by Giannis? What will they, what will their pitch be? And at that point, will somebody else have a pitch bigger than that? 
of saying we have not just Luca, a top five player in the league, who is under the age of what well, by then he would be 22, probably under the age of 23. Let's say that. And Porzingis, who would be what 25 at the time. We have two of these guys under the 25 and under Luca being a top five player. And then, you know, let's just say an MVP or Luca or top five MVP candidate Luca. And, and you know, the Mavericks had just come off this playoff thing. If they can have that to pitch in 2021, I'd put them against anybody. And that's where I, I'm totally down of leaving, you know, take your chances, go into 2021, leave everything open for 2021 and let's roll with it. Let's see what you could get in that summer. But anyway, going back to I'm in the Mavericks fandom of that of saying, oh, Giannis, let's, you know, love to have a shot at Giannis. But there's the other side of me too. that says, man, I would love for Giannis to stay in Milwaukee. Just stay in the East you know, because I don't want to give you the chance of coming to the West and not being Dallas, but stay in the East. I don't know if you're, some of you are in the same camp as me, but when you see what Dirk did in Dallas, you become, um, the idea of players staying in their cities, the idea of players staying for franchises, you just don't see that. And that's what make made Dirk so special. And along with a lot of other things, but just the idea of somebody like Giannis being able to stay in somewhere like Milwaukee, his whole career, I would just love to see that. And I, I love that in any sport, no matter how much I, I might dislike a player in a sport, whether it's football, basketball, you name it. Uh, even looking at Kobe, I was never the biggest Kobe fan in the world. I took my fair share of shots at Kobe during his career, but I still I respected the heck out of him at the end of his career and because of him just staying with the Lakers his whole career. I love seeing players do that. I love seeing players stay, you know, he stay what 20 years with the Lakers, which was absolutely insane. And after I recorded yesterday's podcast, it came out what Kobe had said to, you know, Luca, and I thought that was really cool. I you know, I'd obviously already recorded before that, but uh, so, you know, reporters and stuff asked Luca about the Kobe interaction during the game on Sunday well, with the Lakers. And he said that Kobe uh, was speaking Slovenian to him. And, you know, he's like, this is my language. And I thought it was really cool that, you know, Luca was saying he thought it was cool that, you know, Kobe was speaking his language. And I don't want to hear that this is a uh, recruiting pitch. But, uh, but no, I thought that was really cool. Really cool on Kobe's part. Really cool. You know, that meant a lot for Luca too, just to have that interaction and stuff. And uh, I thought that was really awesome, but hope Milwaukee, uh, hope Giannis stays in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's doing their thing in the East. So it's kind of like the nuggets in the West of, Hey, I think you're going to be a really good regular season team. I picked you to have the best record in the Western conference, but I don't know if I'll pick you to make it past the second round. And last year, you know, they went to what, seven games with Portland, Portland beat them and went to the Western Conference Finals. But uh, Denver sitting in that second place at 23 and nine. After that, you have the Clippers at 23 and 11. Uh, if we're talking about trade stuff, I'm really curious what Denver does. I think Denver, Denver kind of like Milwaukee, but I would say a little bit more than Milwaukee of the sense of uh, I could see Denver swinging for, for something bigger than Milwaukee. And I know a lot of people's throwing out Drew Holiday's name for Denver. I think that would be Drew Holiday's is one of those guys where if you can make it work, pretty much any team, uh, you go and make it work because he can fit with anybody. But Denver, if they could consolidate some of their pieces to get another uh, bigger piece in there, I'm not the biggest Jamal Murray fan in the world. So uh, I would even for the right price, look at Jamal Murray deals, but that's just me. 
I'm curious on what Denver does before the deadline. The Clippers have the Mo Harkless contract. I, I still think the Clippers are the best team in the league when it comes to a playoff series right now. I, it's very hard for me to think about who would beat them uh, four out of seven games. But And they still have a move to make. They still have their first rounder. They still have the expiring contract of Mo Harkless, which is over $10 million. And uh, so they can go out and get somebody before the deadline. So that's a little scary because I think they will do that. I think they will add a piece, whether it's a stretch four, uh, probably just another wing. Uh, they're obviously going to be a buyout team too, an LA team, either one of the LA team. That's another thing to keep in mind. I know some people throwing that out there too of, all right, you, you know, if you're Dallas, you, already got, you, you always got the buyout market. And I just hesitate a little bit on that because it's true. And I think Dallas would, will be active in the buyout market. But when you have both of the LA teams and the Lakers and Clippers being really good, that's huge. When you have Boston that obviously needs a big, you know, Dallas, I don't know, wherever you want to argue if they need one or not. Uh, Boston, these some of these East teams, Milwaukee, Philly, there's just going to be a ton of competition for guys that hits waivers. And normally there's just not enough guys that hits waivers and, so anyway, and you know, injuries and stuff play a part of that too. But let's take a quick break real quick and I'll just hit the rest of it. I want to touch on where Dallas is at and some teams behind them. And yeah, let's take a quick break real quick. Moving down in the West, you have Houston right now sitting at fourth in the Western Conference at 22-11. and 11. I'm recording this on Monday, so none of the Monday games have been played yet. So some of these might be just a game off or whatever. But 22-11, uh, and 11. all of these teams through here kind of jumbled together. I would say the Lakers, you know, they're two and a half games you know, up on that. But if you look at two through six right now, you know, Denver setting at 23 wins in a six places, Utah setting at 20 wins. And, you know, there's six teams through there or five teams through there that is all jumbled together. I'm really curious on how this ends up towards the end of the season. You might look at a, a one injury, maybe two injuries that might alter a bunch of this. I would say maybe towards the end of the season, I think the Clippers will you know try to solidify that second or third spot at least. And, because the, the main thing with the Clippers is, you know, if if you're docking the Clippers, you don't want to see L, you know, you don't want to see LA. You don't want to see the Lakers in round two. So you for sure want to land at that two or three spot at least. You don't want to risk falling at to four or five and having to play the Lakers in probably the second round. Uh, you know what? Want to avoid that until the Western Conference Finals because then you might see a LeBron or AD injury. But. Uh, and then you have Dallas Mavericks at fifth at 21 and 11. There's just a half game back of Houston for that fourth spot. And, you know, like I said, well, I got Utah Jazz at 20 and 12 and they're at the sixth spot. But these teams just all jumbled together. It's going to be a back and forth thing. I want to see. I mentioned this because nobody's on like a big run right now. Even in the whole Western Conference, the biggest win streak right now is the Pelicans who've won four in a row, but they're still 14th in the West. And, well, if you want to say a run, the Kings have lost seven games in a row. Who's the biggest disappointment this season in the Western Conference, the Suns or the Kings? Because, well, the Pelicans for sure. No, Zion or not, they should not be this bad. I don't believe that at all. I I didn't pick them to, uh, to make the playoffs. A lot of people did. I didn't pick them, and that's with me thinking that Zion was going to be healthy the whole season. He obviously hasn't, but... 
they should be better than what they are. I'm everybody's watching them when it comes to the trade deadline stuff, but Suns and Kings. I know the Suns started off the season red hot. People were, whew, man, the Suns. They could be that six, seven, eight seed. They're the surprise team this year, and man, that went down quick. Uh, the DeAndre Ayton, you know, suspension for twenty five games. However, you want to say that affected them, but you know they're they're sitting at, at twelve and twenty. But the Blazers are in eighth right now, and the Oklahoma City Thunder are in seventh. So when the Mavericks and Thunder face off on Tuesday night, New Year's Eve night, then you know that's two playoff teams right now. And I know I said I mentioned it a little bit yesterday, but the Thunder they're, they're kind of a frisky team right now, and you when you have these. They've won two in a row. You have these vets on the team like Chris Paul and Gallinari and Steven Adams, which I've seen where Zach Lowe had Steven Adams on his podcast. I have to go listen to that. And uh, Steven Adams just seems like a joy to cover and talk to. But when you have vets on a team like this and good vets, it, you know they're, it's not like a young team that you can just roll into and just know that you can probably just kind of half it and get through it and get the dub, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little bit harder game than what some people are thinking. Chris Paul is always Chris Paul, but that's kind of where the standing set right now. We'll see what happens. You know, Dallas has the thunder. Then they have the nets. Then they have the Hornets. You would love to look at that and say, man, the nets are kind of struggling right now. Uh, what's the net? What's the nets looking right, right now? They've lost two in a row. The Hornets, uh, the Hornets have lost five in a row after starting the season kind of hot, but Devonte Graham is still playing really well. So that's kind of where the standing set right now. Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers. In my mind, I kind of put them as the top three like regular season teams to where if one of the other teams, man, I would love for Dallas to cr- crack that top three. But how? Yeah, I'm. I want to know right now. I'm not convinced that the Rockets or Jazz are better than that would finish better with than the Mavericks record wise. So uh, I'm really penciling Dallas right now in that four to six range. That's where I'm watching. If they crack the top three, I would absolutely love that. But it's just crazy to track the Mavericks in the playoffs right now. I absolutely love it. And seeing the trade route of some of these teams, I think the Jazz can go out there and do something. I don't see the. I don't. I know a lot of people are throwing out Houston with some trade stuff. And I just, I don't get it a ton because I just don't know what they can do. I don't think they can trade Eric Gordon and, you know, Russell and um, Harden. They're not going anywhere. And so then you're looking at like Capella, PJ Tucker. I think PJ Tucker means so much to that team that you can't really get rid of him. And I don't know what you're going to trade for Capella right now. So I'm, I, I don't, I don't know how much they do at the deadline, but I could be wrong. They could swing and do something crazy. The Jazz is somebody I'm watching, even though, hey, they got Jordan Clarkson huge and then, you know, the Thunder and stuff. But Blazers, Spurs, who knows what they do, trade deadline stuff. The Blazers could trade for Kevin Love right now today, and I wouldn't be shocked. They could, I don't know. Uh, One thing, I don't think Carmelo changes anything as far as trade I've seen some people who are like, man, I don't know if they should trade for somebody. They got Carmelo. And, uh, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, Carmelo's good, but I don't think it should change your whole uh, trade approach heading to the deadline. But for the Mavericks, let's talk about this coming summer in 2020. Because I think there is a conversation 
like I talked about the Giannis stuff, everything hinges around 2021. And rightfully so. This is a huge, it's a huge free agent class. Everybody's talking about it. When teams are brought up across the league in any written pieces or any podcast or anything, everybody's talking about, you know, is the heat or you name it. I just don't know. I don't know if they want to affect that cap space in 2021 and they're saving it out. They want to make their run at Giannis or some of these guys. And, and you get it. You get it completely. But at some point, somebody's got to sign somebody next summer in 2021. And it's getting a bad rap. And it is. It's it's a very weak class, but it's kind of like a draft class to where if you bash a class so much, then eventually you start looking at it and say, all right, is it that bad? You know, like, is it? Really? And it this is this class isn't this free agent class or potential free agent class isn't headlined by, you know, these all NBA all-star dudes at the top. But I think it has a lot of what, fourth pieces on some good teams, third pieces. I, I don't know if there's any, very many second pieces on this team. Uh, but there's a lot of good three, four, five pieces on some good teams that could be had in this free agent class, but there's just not a ton of teams out there that has the cap space and the teams that do have the cap space this coming summer in 2020, all of them are bad teams. You have the Hawks that have like $75 million in cap space this summer. So if you have a restricted free agent going into the summer and you really want to keep him, I'd be a tad bit nervous because it's going to be a, it's going to be a debate for somebody like, let's just throw out there. Brandon Ingram, however you want to say his fit is with the Hawks. If the Hawks wanted to, they could throw the max at him. And if New Orleans is not wanting to max him, this puts them in a sucky spot. And, you know, so if there's any, you know, if there's any, there's obviously restricted free agents out there. But, you know, Bogdanovich and Brandon Ingram, there's a handful of them. Jalen Brown, man, he was going to be. He obviously signed his extension in Boston. He would have got, imagine if he didn't sign that extension. He would have gotten paid big time, which, I mean, he did anyway. But, so why does this matter to the Mavericks? Because a lot of people are just kind of throwing throwing this summer off and saying, hey, you know, Dallas doesn't have any cap space. We, uh, the books are tied up in Dallas and there's not even, you know, a ton of big names. So why even talk about the 2020 free agent class if you're Dallas? And this is where I'm curious. And it, this isn't a huge route. This is, I don't even know if they even take this route. There's so many different routes Dallas can take between now and the trade deadline. And when Nick and I talked about the other day of saying, I, you know, what Dallas does before the trade deadline would kind of tell you kind of their plans moving forward. Because, you know, if they swing big and go all in for a big name, like a Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, whoever it is, which I don't think they do. But if they did, then you're like, all right, they want to go all in now. They want to win the title now. They're going all in for it. Or let's say they just held back. They didn't do They don't do anything. Then it's like, hey, they believe in the team. They just want to roll the dice and say, you know what, we're 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 much better than a lot of people think you know think we were so, or thought we were going to be. So we're just going to roll it out, see how it turns out. You know what, we're playing with like house money at this point. Or what if they take a different approach and saying, and I'm not saying they should go this route. I'm just detailing this is a potential route they could go. What if they go into it and saying, how can we clear up cap space in 2020 of this coming free agent class, but still stay good at the same time and to where you can still compete in the playoffs, but then you unlock the ability to go out and try to get one of those third or fourth or fifth pieces 
not really fifth piece, but like that third or fourth piece this coming summer. So a lot of people throw out there the Bogdan Bogdanovich in, you know, in Sacramento buddies with, you know, buddies with Luca and all that stuff, but he's a restricted free agent this coming summer. And a lot of people throw out there and say, Oh, you know what? Future Maverick right there. Well, uh, I mean, unless you trade for him, which awesome, that would be a, a great trade target. And I, I love his fit on this team, by the way, but unless you trade for him, what money are you can go sign him for? Because he's going to get money this coming off season. And, Especially, like I said, when you got teams like Memphis or Atlanta and these teams that have a ton of cap space, he's not really coming from a a winning team in Sacramento. So, okay, if another team's offering him a big payday like the Hawks or something, you know who's probably going to take that money? Bogdan Bogdanovich. So, if you're you're Bogdanovich and you're going into that summer, what if a team clears up cap space that's actually good? And says, hey, we'll give you near that that money. Come sign with us. Then it's an appealing situation for him. And if you're somebody like Dallas and you're looking at your books right now, 2020, why doesn't the Dallas, why doesn't the Mavericks have money right now as currently constructed in that summer? Because you have basically 39 million, I mean, 39, $29.4 million going to Porzingis. That isn't going anywhere. Then you have the player option for Tim Hardaway Jr. at 18.9 million, basically 19 million. You would assume Hardaway's going to pick that up, even though he's playing really well this season. Let's just assume he picks that up. You have a cap hold for Courtney Lee. You're going to, you know, that doesn't matter. He comes off the books, but then you have Dwight Powell at 11. And then you have the grouping here of all the, uh, all the guys with around the seven to eight, you know, seven and nine range, Delon right at nine, Maxi 8.2, Luke at eight, Seth Curry at 7.8, Dorian at four, Boban 3.5, Justin Jackson at a 5 million mark. I think that's definitely a contract to look at if he's not in the rotation. Uh, theoretically, I mean, he's making more than Dorian and Boban next year at that 5 million mark, but see what they do with that. But let's say, let's just say hypothetically, Dallas says, you know what? We want to stay good, but who, what if we want to go out this summer? Let's just, let's say they think they have like a confidence of, you know, we think Bogdan would be great for this team. He's, he's a younger player. Let's try to lock him up. He would be a good third or fourth piece to this, you know, Luca, Chris stops core, whatever it is. And they want to go out and spend, spend money this coming summer. Then they, it could change what they do with Tim Hardaway at the deadline to where if, if Dallas looked at it and said, Hey, all right, Tim Hardaway is going to pick up this $19 million player option. Most likely would it, would Dallas contemplate of saying, you know what, if we're going to basically get one more year of Tim Hardaway after this year, is there a way that we could turn that into a longer term, younger piece this coming summer to where if they went out across the league and said, all right, what teams across the league wouldn't, and I get it, would have an expiring contract with a bigger number to, to match around a Tim Hardaway figure but would also want his shooting and be willing to pay that next year. Also, for instance, what if somebody like Portland calls and says, Hey, we really want his shooting. We really want that shooting alongside Dame and CJ and our guys. And you know what? And we know he'll probably pick up the 19 you know, million player option next season, but we don't care because we want to win right now. And it's one more year after that. They have expiring contracts on their team, whether it's, I'm not even talking about, 
it's just the name attached to the number. I'm mainly talking about the number. So don't come at me with it. Whether it's a white side, whether it's a base more, whether it's one of those guys with the bigger contract number. So when if you if you swap those out, and then you went into the summer, and then that contract comes off the books, and then bam, you have twenty extra million dollars to spend this coming summer. Then you take that twenty million, and now you're a major player in free agency. Not only are you a major player, but you're basically the only good team out of the teams that have cap space then you go after somebody like a bognod then you go after somebody i mean let's just look at some of the names that could be free agents this coming summer gordon hayward you know has a player option at 31 i'm going out of limb he's going to pick that up demar Derozan have no clue what he's going to do he's not really the best fit here Otto porter jr is probably going to pick it, his player option up at 26 million but i don't think they would spend the money on andre drummond there's a whole conversation we can have about this getting a bigger center to go alongside alongside KP. A lot of people throw out there the Steven Adams, Andre Drummond, all that stuff. It's just really simple for me. I don't see Rick Carlisle trading for a center that cannot shoot a three or it cannot at least be a threat from a three because spacing means everything on this team. And you at least they feel right right now you at least have to extend out to Dwight Powell on the three point line. So, or, you know, if Maxie's in there with KP. So right now it's hard for me to envision them going after somebody like a Drummond or Steven Adams or any really big man like that, that can't shoot a three. So anyway, so looking down through there, whether it's, Hey, you want to go after Gallinari this summer, whether it's, you want to go after, like I said, a, um, a Bogdan Bogdanovich this summer who's a restricted free agent. You insert whoever it is. Of It's basically a, a choice you want to make. Do you want to, and you know, you'd obviously probably have to attach something to Tim Hardaway Jr. for a team to take that on. But other bigger contracts of, you know, the Heat have Dragic on a $19 million expiring contract. What happens in Toronto? If Toronto kind of plummets over this next month and they start selling off things, what would an Abaca center deal for Tim Hardaway look like? And you know he's on an expiring deal. Mason Plumley in Denver is on an expiring deal. These guys are on expiring deals to where on expiring deals for winning teams to where Tim Hardaway, if Dallas did go that route of saying, "Hey, I would rather have money to spend in 2020 free agency," Dallas has their first rounder this year. Dallas has that Golden State second, you know, second round pick that's looking at what 31, 32 in the draft this coming summer. They have these things they can attach to to Hardaway if they wanted to, and if they wanted to, in you know, kind of swap that for the opportunity to have money this summer to go after somebody like a Bognon. I'm just using Bognon a lot because a lot of people are bringing him, his name up, whoever it is in that 2020 free agency. That's a That's another route. When we look at what Dallas, Dallas literally has a plethora of options. They can go at the trade deadline, whether it's all in, whether it's standing pat, whether it's making something really small to bring in somebody at the end of the bench, um, you name it. But one of the routes that I don't feel like many people are talking about is what if they make a move to be players in 2020 free agent class? That's where it could be different because they could look at a landscape and say, hey, there's some decent guys that's being kind of overlooked this coming summer. And all the teams that have money this coming summer really aren't good teams to where if we opened up cap space, became players in 2020 free agency, 
then we could have the leg up on a bunch of these other teams because we're actually a good team and go out there. And if they really believe in somebody, they really believe in one of these free agents this coming summer, who's not a top name and all this different stuff. If they really believe in that, then they got, they might feel like they have a shot of going out and getting somebody like that in 2020 free agency. So I just wanted to throw that, throw that angle out there. I don't, obviously I don't, I'm not saying they should go that route. I'm not saying that they will go that route. I'm just saying it's another pathway of to take in this trade season right now over this next what five to six weeks that they could take and it's this makes the trade season really fun especially for us because we've been looking at the past couple of couple of years saying yeah before the Porzingis thing of how oh, what's Dallas gonna do you know you know we're in the playoff picture all this stuff now that the team's actually good now there's like, oh man, how do you can do you improve the team? Do you just roll with this? There's honest debates going on in Mavs Twitter right now. It's fun. And there's all these different routes Dallas could go because they have a young duo that is what, 23 and under. They have an MVP candidate in Luca. They have a top four or five record in the Western Conference. Things are looking really good in Dallas right now. But I would still have the main goal of leaving 2021 clean as far as money wise to have the ability to go after somebody like a Giannis go after whoever it is how crazy would it be if things went super salty and super south in LA and Anthony Davis who is slotted to hit free agency this coming summer but we all know hey he's gonna you know stay in and you know stay in Los Angeles and all that stuff but how funny would it be if Dallas opened up the cap space and Anthony Davis left the Lakers in 2020 for this coming summer and said, you know what? I think I'm going to go to Dallas and play with Luka and KP. Shut the league down at that point. Nick, hopefully Nick didn't listen to this last, you know, what, 15 seconds of this podcast. That isn't going to happen. But anyway, that's just a route Dallas could take. Guys, I hope you enjoy your New Year's. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. We said it before. We had an, uh, an insane year as far as downloads and support for this podcast and how this podcast has grown over this past year. Looking forward to this coming year. Man, we're going to get a playoff uh, playoff series, two, three. I don't know how many. We're at least going to get some playoffs come the spring. That's going to be a blast. And obviously the trade deadline in February, we have podcasts going up all the time through then. We're going to bring some guests on before the deadline, get some trade talk going and some people that probably know some things. So uh, that'll be super fun. But thank you so much. Be safe on New Year's. Don't do anything stupid out there. Enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we're going to be taking Wednesday, probably Thursday off too. And uh, we'll be, should be back on Friday, but enjoy New Year. Thank you so much and go Mavs. Peace out. Boom.